0: Welcome to the Celebration Church podcast. We believe God wants to speak into your life through this message. If you're interested in knowing more about Celebration Church, you can visit our website at celebrationedmonton.com and find us on Instagram and Facebook at celebrationedm. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoy this message. As things begin to open up again, as life begins to go back to normal and we start seeing more people, um, we, we see them, and I don't know if you've done this, but I've done it, I've seen somebody that I haven't seen in a while, and I've asked them, what's been keeping you busy? Have you asked somebody that? Or are you keeping busy? As if busy is some kind of badge of honor. Uh, like our pastor talked about last week, so often we value doing over being. So we want to know, what, what are people doing? You know, somehow I've, I've programmed this into my life that I... I find myself overvaluing busyness. But as I sort of move forward in life, I'm realizing that busy is not a goal that I want to achieve. The reality for most people in the Western world, our reality is that we are simply too busy to follow Jesus. That's that's real. I mean, who has time for devotions? To sit down and actually read your Bible and get something out of it? No, we need like a quick verse. I'm sorry, I'm so busy. I can't even get my mic on properly. Um, what do so many of us need? We need just a, a quick pop-up verse, something to pop up on our phone, we'll read it, feel nice and move on with our day. Right? That, that, who has time for? For worship. And I'm talking about more than just a couple songs on Spotify on, on the way to work. I'm talking about, Time to like carve out and adore our creator. Who has time for that? Like we're just so busy. Mother Teresa said this. The secret to spiritual direction is to spend an hour a day adoring your Lord and don't do anything wrong. Who has time for that? I don't know about you, but I, I, I don't have time for that. An hour a day to adore God? That just sounds so unrealistic. I mean, especially because we got Netflix to watch, right? There is series that we're working through. We got to work on those things, you know? I, 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 uh, I don't know if this has happened to you before, but I used to get so excited when I found out about a new series on one of the streaming platforms. But now, when someone is describing to me a series that I just have to watch, I straight up get anxiety about it. Like, I, I no longer get excited. I'm like, no, that's another 62 hours of my life that I'm going to lose to this new beautiful series. But busy, busy isn't always bad. There's a, there's a healthy kind of busyness too. Uh, uh, busy with a life full of things that matter. And what I'm realizing is that inner peace, inner peace comes when my schedule aligns with my values, when I'm busy doing things that I value. And so it doesn't bother me if I'm busy all weekend working on my house because I'm creating a better environment for my family to live in. But when we're so busy doing things that just aren't a value to us, that's when it becomes a problem. And, and the problem isn't when we have a lot to do. The problem's not when we have a lot to do. The problem is when we have too much to do. Come on, talk to me this morning. If you're online, talk to me on the chat. Let me know if this, if this resonates with you. The problem is not when we have a lot to do, it's when we have too much to do. Corey Ten Boom said this, if the devil can't make you busy, oh, sorry, if the devil can't make you sin, he will make you busy. If the devil can't make you sin, he'll just make you busy. Why is that? Sin and busyness have the same effect. They cut off our connection to God. Sin and busyness have the same effect. They they cut off our our connection to God. And so maybe you're feeling that disconnection this morning. Uh, let's, Let's jump into what Jesus says about our connection to Him in Matthew 11. Matthew 11. If you have a Bible, you can turn with me into it. You can look at it on our big Bible on the side. You can look at it on our app, whatever. We're going to read through this this morning. Matthew 11, Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke, my yoke is easy to bear. And the burden I give you is light. And Eugene Peterson in his message version of the Bible says this. Are you tired? Worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me. And you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy on you or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Does that sound like your life? Does Does that sound like the week that you just had? Was it free and light? He says come to me there's some people laughing because they're like no that is not how my week went um my son peed all over our house this weekend because we were potty training him so that is certainly not how um my day yesterday went uh, but does that sound like your life it says come to me I'll give you rest Jesus says to all those who are weary all those who are tired burdened or, or loaded down to come to him People's weariness comes from enduring their burdens. And we should yoke ourselves with Jesus, link ourselves up with Jesus. And by placing ourselves under his yoke and learning from him, we find rest for our souls and from the burden of our sin. And people can trade their heavy, tiring burdens for his yoke and his burden, which is easy and light. And to serve him is no burden at all, He's gentle, and he's humble. Does this sound like the world you've been living in? Gentle, humble? No, I don't know about you, but my world's been pretty heavy lately. And even though the world shut down for a few weeks there, like nothing was going on, I still felt busy. I don't know if, that, if that's been the case for you, but even, I, I talked talk to some people who were laid off and they, they still they felt busier without a job than they were with one. And there's something I've read about called path, pathological busyness. It's something that we kind of slip into. And it, it almost makes you feel like if you're not busy that you're doing something wrong. And I, I, I know that's been the case for my life. And a lot of times, Our bodies might not necessarily be busy, but our minds are. Our minds are so busy. This this happened to me last week. I, I just felt like I was so busy, like my mind was so busy, that I was actually just staying in one place. I wasn't moving forward with anything because my mind was so busy. I actually had to take a break from social media and just say, I'm going to pause this right now. And it's not that what's happening in the world isn't important, that the the movement that's happening right now isn't important. It's so important. But I just had to take a break and, and make sure that I was emotionally healthy. Because this world gives us stuff that's heavy, but Jesus doesn't give as the world gives. And so we're constantly getting this stuff from the world, but he doesn't give that to us. What does he he say in John 14? He says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I don't give as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. And so, yes, while it's so important to be connected and a part of moving the world forward, and a part of just being better as humans, that's that's part of just being better as following Jesus, is, 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 is being a better human is part of that. But Jesus doesn't give you heaviness. He says, Don't let your hearts be troubled and don't be afraid. The world is heavy, but a relationship with Jesus shouldn't be. So how then do we connect? How do we find this easy yoke? How do we live with this light burden that Jesus has instructed us to live with? I want to look at a story in Luke chapter 10. And we're just going to dive in here, Luke chapter 10. And as Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. I want to go to Martha's house. I love a good big dinner. Uh, Jesus, and she came to Jesus and she said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, dear Martha, you're worried and upset over all these details. There's only one thing worth being concerned about. And Mary has discovered it. And I will not take it away from her. If you have siblings, you know what Martha is going through. Okay? So I'm going to take a line out of the Bible here. I'm going to replace the word Lord with mom. Watch this. Mom! Doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? <laughs> Has that been your life? I feel like I've said that in the last couple of months in my life at a family gathering. Martha is so busy. Martha is in a hurry. Martha is like, we got hummus to make. I can't sit in the living room. There is hummus to be whipped up. There is PW thrown on the stove. I looked it up. And it actually is not correct. They didn't start making a hummus till years after Jesus' death. But just roll with me here because it's the food I picked. Um, but here's Martha, so busy. I got dishes to do. I can't be sitting in the living room. She got distracted by the details. And Jesus says, you're worried and you're upset about many things. But Martha, would you just come into the living room for a moment? Come on over. Come and sit. Come and listen for a moment. Would you just just stop that for just for a second? We'll get to dinner later. Okay, the, the hummus is still going to be delicious. But would you just come and sit, listen, or slow down? Slow down. We don't usually use the word slow positively. Slow is usually used very negatively when you're typing up your one-star review, right? What do we say when the service is bad at a restaurant? It was, come on, talk to me. Slow. Yes, you couldn't even say it fast. You're like, slow. <laughs> they're so busy with the skip the dishes orders. They can't pay attention to me. The service was slow. What do I say about my brothers when I'm explaining them to other people? I say, they're a little slow. Slow. Sorry about these guys. <laughs> Slow is, is usually used in a negative way. But when it comes to our lives, maybe we need a little bit more slowness. The slowing, for me, slowing has helped me in my spiritual life. And if we're going to be, if we're going to be working through these, these, these tough things that the, the world's finally standing up and, and working through, then we're going to need some pretty solid spiritual lives. We're going to need to be connected to our created creator. We're going to be, need to be connected to the source, to the father. This world is exhausting. What it's, what, it's, what it's going through is exhausting. But in Jesus, we find rest for our souls. We need to slow down. Jesus says, you'll find rest for your souls. But slow down. Have you been worried and upset about many things? I know I have. And I, one thing I've sort of been learning is there, that there's some unlearning that I need to do. Some unlearning that I need to do. I need to rethink what a successful weekend looks like in my life. Rethink what a successful week looks in my life. And, and we, we plan like these big things that we're going to do. We plan all these appointments. But how often do we plan to do nothing? man. I, planning to do nothing is like the most freeing thing ever. It's like I'm, I'm booked that night because I'm doing nothing. <laughs> I'm at home doing nothing. That's what I booked to do. And so some people have such a hard time with doing nothing, but that's because they, they haven't planned to do it. It just sort of pops up and they're like, oh, my gosh. But if you plan to do nothing, man, it's, it's so special. It's amazing. And, and one thing I've realized as I sort of went through and unpacked um, what I felt like God was putting on my heart for this series is that all of my worst moments are when I'm in a hurry. All of my worst moments are when I'm in a hurry. As we're going out the door to go get some, go somewhere. You know, I, I, oftentimes in church we joke about having a fight on the way to church. That usually happens because we're in a hurry to get out the door. And we never make it on time. You know, like the doors are already closed, the greeting team is gone, and then we're sneaking in. You're like, what greeting team? I didn't know we did that. Uh, <laughs> but what happens is we're, we're in a hurry. Oh, the, the worst comes out of us. You know, uh, it usually happens to me when I'm in the car, my son's in the car, my daughter's in the car, and mom is still inside doing who knows what. It's like, let's go, woman! It is time to get on the road! A wife is often taking longer than expected. And I think sometimes we treat Jesus like that too. Like, let's go. And for so many of us, we're more busy than we are bad. And we're more distracted than we are non-spiritual. It's not that we're bad people. We're just just busy with a lot of other things. And so the devil in your life might not look like this full-on schemed spiritual attack. That you maybe if you're so used to hearing about growing up in church, like it might not be some big planned out spiritual attack, okay? He's pretty smart. He knows little things to do. Uh, the devil might look like a notification while you're trying to read your Bible. You know, a notification on your phone, bing, while you're trying to read your, your Bible. The devil might look like another Saturday at the office. Just these, these little things that come up. How about this one? I'm ready to offend someone this morning. I, I want to offend a Canadian. The devil might look like another hockey game on a Sunday morning. We're just too busy. It's not that we're bad. We're just too busy. And what happens with being in a hurry is hurry dilutes the moment that we're in. Hurry dilutes what we're going through in the moment. And very little can be done in a hurry. And what I found is in a hurry, I always lose more than I gain. So Jesus, he he didn't say to Martha, you keep making that food. I'm starving. But would you just keep an ear open for what's happening in the living room? See if you can catch some stuff in here. Don't worry. It's going to be on the podcast later. You can catch it later. But, you know, just keep an ear open. And you can review the the podcast. No, he didn't say that. He said there's one thing to be concerned about. And Mary, sitting here, has found that in relationship with me. But what happens with busyness and with hurry is is that it forces multitasking. And what I've learned is that multitasking is a myth. Multitasking means you're doing two things poorly. If you don't believe me, try getting in your car to drive to work tomorrow and shaving your face at the same time. You see how good you drive and how good you shave. Or ladies, sorry, shave your legs on the way to work tomorrow and see how that goes for you. It's not going to go well. I actually saw somebody do this in my area, pulled up at a stoplight. He had a big silver bowl of water. I'm not making this up. Not just the machine shaving. He had cream all over his face and was full on shaving on the way to work. How by bad is your five o'clock shadow to have to shave on the way to work? Um, that's what I want to know. But Yeah, hurry forces multitasking, and multitasking is a myth. And what I've learned is that we're not just physically in a hurry. But for so many of us, we're in a hurry to make decisions as well. Have you ever hired someone too quickly? You know, it's like, ah, they kind of smell like cauliflower in the interview, but we need someone now, okay? I got to, you ever bought a car too quick? Like it's, it is dark outside, but I just need this car now. It should be a good deal. Or how about this? Have you ever started dating someone too quickly? oh I just need somebody to love me just whoever just come on over hurry hurry is so toxic hurry is so toxic that you will literally get fined for it it's called speeding (laughs) it's so bad they'll literally charge you money for hurrying and hurry and love don't mix hurry and love don't mix And if, man, if we're going to connect with our God, we got to love more. That's the greatest commandment he gave us. Jesus said in Mark 12, he says, hear this, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There's no commandment greater than these. The greatest commandment is to love and hurry and love just simply do not mix. See, love is time-consuming. Love takes a while. This is why Paul said, love is patient. Love is patient. Man, that's, really? I I just want to love in a hurry. Let's just get it over with. But the more present we are, the more joy that we feel. And so, So what happens to us when I talk about hurry diluting the moment is we we just got so much going on that we can't give our full attention to the people that we're with right now. We got stuff to shop for. I can't give. You expect me to listen to your 30-minute message, young man? Okay. Uh, Please call me young man. I I would love that right now. Uh, But, you know, I I have other stuff. I, I got emails to answer. I'll catch what I can in church, but I know it'll be online later. It'll be fine. Or you're online right now. Hey, I can't give my full attention to what God's trying to say. But hey, love is, is patient. And the more present we are, the more we enjoy what we're doing. And I've even found myself going to something that I don't want to be at and trying to zone it out. But if I would just take, when I just take a moment and say, I've got to put this phone away and be present here, I start to enjoy something that I didn't want to do in the first place. And you're still losing moments of your life when you're doing something you don't enjoy. So you might as well be present in it. What did Jesus want Martha to do? Just come and listen. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't do our chores. Like this is an excuse to go home and be like, I'm never mowing the lawn again. I am never cleaning my home again. No, it's just that our lives need to slow down and we need to remember the the priority of our relationship with our God. And in Mark chapter 10, Jesus talks about this young man that he wants to find out, you know, what, how Jesus wants him to live his life. Jesus tells him a bunch of stuff and, and then he says, oh yeah, at the end he says, oh yeah, you gotta sell everything you own and, and follow me too. <laughs> Just sneak that in there. And this, this young man, he went away disheartened because he had so much to lose. And I, I think, That, to be honest, that is our position so often. That's my position. I I just, I got too much to lose to give up what I'm doing right now. I just, I have too much to lose, God. And the point Jesus is trying to make is uh, that to not take our own yoke, to not go and run with with our yoke because his yoke is easy to bear and the burden he gives, which he does give a burden but it's light. It's light. And we need to be present when we spend time with him. And, and it, Martha was prepping this big dinner, and so often that's us. Man, I got stuff to do. I got, I, I, got, I got places to go. But Jesus is asking us, would you just keep your ears open to what I'm trying to say to you? Would you just keep your ears open, if you're online, to what he's trying to say to you? See, God's not looking for perfection. He's looking for connection. And I I have to rhyme or else you won't remember it. See, anyways, but uh, I tried to rhyme there and it it, it didn't. But God's not looking for perfection. He's looking for what? A connection to you. And, And here's Martha. Jesus, I'd love to chat, but there's hummus to make. And and looking back on it, now she's like, oh, now they always use me as an example in church. What the heck? What did I do? But but Jesus wasn't like, you know what? It's true. That hummus better be lit. You stay in the kitchen. No, he he said there's one thing. There's one thing I want you to be concerned about. Just one thing. And look, Mary sitting here, she's discovered it. And it won't be taken from her. And sat, Mary sat at Jesus' feet listening. And I think for some people, I've, I've heard people maybe walk away from church or people frustrated in their relationship with God and, and they just say, I just wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't getting anything. I wasn't hearing from him. And people expect God to speak like he's a junior high intercom. Hey, hey, would you come down to the office, please? You know? Joel Vardy to the office, please. Joel Vardy to the office. That was, that was what I always heard in junior high. But hey, buddy, I'm trying to talk to you. That's not how God often speaks to us, yet we expect that out of him. Don't, don't you expect God to speak in some booming way or write something in the clouds or something like that? Don't, don't, you, don't you feel that sometimes? Like you're hoping for the Bible to be like a Harry Potter marauder's map and just move the words around and get it exactly how you want it to be? No. I'm sorry I reference Harry Potter if that's offensive to you. Anyways, um, but the, the Bible says, the Bible says what God's a still small voice, not an intercom. It says that he's coming in a whisper, a whisper. And so in order to hear a whisper and a still small voice, your life is going to need to be quiet sometimes. you, are going to need to be quiet sometimes. And you know what I I don't do when I'm in a hurry? I don't listen. Martha was distracted by this big dinner she was preparing, not present in the moment. And we are living in a time in 2020 where everyone is focusing on their voice but not so much on their ears. Man, people want to focus and it's all about, hey, what you're supposed to be saying, how you're supposed to be speaking out and I'm not against all of those things, let me be clear. But you need your ears open to hear what God wants to say to you as well. Because at the end of the day, that is who we serve. That's our creator. But we're so often focused on our voice and not our ears. Even when we pray. Look, even Martha. Martha has Jesus in her house. In the flesh, real, live Jesus. Not a hologram like on Star Wars. Like live Jesus in in her house. And and what does she say? Jesus, get Mary in here. She's she's trying to tell Jesus what to do in her home. Jesus, send her in here. And God's like, I'm not going to do that. And so often, that's us. We want to tell God what to do. God, do this. That's how we pray. Oh God, big, powerful God, you do this. You give me that job. You give me that money. You get rid of these kids. Um, Whatever. Like, we want to tell God what to do. God, make her fall in love with me. Dear Lord, nothing is working. Um, I've slid into the DM so many times. And uh, we want to tell God, fix this. God, bless that. God, would you change this? Like, people want to force God to change what we're going through, oh God, just you change it. Instead of asking God, "Speak, Lord, I'm listening." instead of coming to God with a posture that just says, "Hey God, what do you, what do you want? I am listening. What direction? You know, we were so easy and quick to, to preach at God, but what happened what about just coming to Him with, with our ears open? Have you ever spent time with someone who loves to talk but doesn't want to listen? They are exhausting. I'm pretty sure I'm that for some people. It's just like, I can't be around that guy. He just does not shut up. Um, but people like that are exhausting. And I think that we're like that with God sometimes. Hey, we got a lot to say, but not so much listening to do. And Jess and I, one thing I, I've been so blessed by during this pandemic is, is Jess and I are learning how to parent our kids in a way where we actually listen to what they want. And, and man, the results, that we're, the results that we're seeing and we're getting just by simply studying our kids and, and watching them, it's helping us rethink our weekend. Like, who'd have thought? Our kids don't want to spend the entire weekend in a stroller in a home sense. Wow, what a revelation. That is incredible. I, I can't believe that that's the case. Um, but it's helping us in our homes just to listen to our children. But I think sometimes we treat Jesus like this. Like Jesus is like this token guy. It's like, oh yeah, I'm a, I'm a Christian, I got Jesus in my life. But really, how we're treating Jesus is like, okay, Jesus. Shut up, sit in the stroller, and you watch Paw Patrol. I got stuff to do with my weekend. That was supposed to be a joke. You're like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> Stop it. That is, how could he? Anyways, but I, I think that's kind of, this is our posture with God. Could you just wait? I have a life I'm living. I've got stuff. Can you just wait for a sec? I've got to finish this. And maybe the enemy of your spiritual life is not the devil. Maybe it's the dishes what's been keeping, what's been keeping you busy? What's been keeping you busy? Maybe you're in the room right now, maybe you're online and you're hearing me me preach this and and you're saying that's, you don't understand my life. It's just, it's just not that simple. But I I just want to ask you as you, as you go into yet another week, That maybe you have every moment planned out. Maybe you don't have a thing planned. Either way, it might feel overwhelming. Is this week going to be full of meaningful things? Is this, what you're doing this week, is is, is it going to be full of meaningful things? Maybe you're going to have to give up some stuff that you just really enjoy in order to clear some space for you to connect with your God in order to clear some space for you to be emotionally healthy in order to clear some space for your spirituality this week maybe you're going to have to give up some stuff that you love doing but what's the what's the dinner that you've been preparing and and is your relationship with jesus does it does it feel like this i want to read eugene peterson's version of matthew 11 again are you tired worn out, burned out on religion? Because that's what religion does. This is a relationship that's different. But just going through the motions will burn you out. Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me, work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. And maybe you've accepted Jesus, but you haven't really yoked yourself to him. You haven't taken up his burden. And there is a burden, but it's, it's light. I just wanna encourage you today that it's, it's very simple. And hey, maybe, maybe you've prayed a prayer to invite him into your life before, but nothing's really changed. Or maybe it's just kind of been there and you're like, oh, I'm doing this. You're know, like you doing like the life preserver Jesus. You're like, I'm doing it so I won't drown. Uh, uh, you know, I'll, I'll pray to him so I won't drown and I'll show up at church once in a while so I won't drown. But I, I, I want I to say to you today that, man, when you really yoke yourself to him, true transformation can happen. But it's it's so simple to to begin a relationship with him, to begin a journey with him. Just, it says in Romans 10, 9, that just, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved. It is really that simple. Believing in your heart, confessing with your mouth. There's not a ton of stuff that you, you need to do. Just those, those things. And you can do that right here and now and start your relationship with him. So we're going to pray for you in a moment. If, if you want to make that decision, whether you're in the room or you're online, you can say that prayer anywhere. Um, but I just want to encourage you this week that, you know, before we pray this prayer, that if, if this message resonated with you, would you just take a moment, you know, today before you go into yet another week and and, and just find that time where you are going to worship. Find that time where you're just going to pause everything and be devoted to him, connect with his word, learn from him, watch how he does it. Would you just, I just challenge you that you could put a. it's okay, pull out your phone right now. You can put a reminder in your phone right now. Tonight, I'm doing this. I'm making sure that I'm connected to the source that I need to be connected to. But now we're going to pray together. And so if you're praying this prayer with me, wherever you are, You can just repeat after me. I'm going to pray with you right now. Just repeat this prayer as I prayed, if you're in the room or online, wherever you are. But God, I just thank you for sending your son to die for me. I thank you that you are Lord. I thank you that you have a plan for my life. I thank you for your forgiveness. And I accept that you are Lord and Savior. The only Lord and the only Savior. And God, I just ask right now that you would come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. And from now on, I live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, can we put our hands together for what God's done? Thanks for listening with us today. If you enjoyed it, check out more messages like this at celebrationedmonton.com or on the Celebration Church mobile app. If you'd like to partner with us financially, you can give on our website at celebrationedmonton.com. Come back next week to hear another great message.